This is a Broad Pods production. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Broad Radio. For you, by you. Broad Radio. Here for more. Hello and welcome to Broad Radio On The Go. This is our podcast. You can catch us live every Tuesday morning, 9 to 10 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube. Head to broadradio.com.au to find out all the details. In this episode, we've got Jo Stanley and Nellie Thomas as her co-host. And uh, they chat to an incredible woman by the name of Senator Jana Stewart. She's 35 weeks pregnant. She's just started a new job as a federal senator and she's only 34 years old. She is impressive in many, many ways. But this week, Olivia Newton-John died and it was an incredible thing for all of us of a certain age to reflect on the impact she had on us as children in her role as Sandy in Greece, her music, and just what an incredible person she was. And Joe and Nellie started the show with a tribute. Oh, Livy, I, I was driving in to do this very show. And I heard a radio presenter refer to her in the past tense. And I just thought, no, no. Like she was such a huge, I mean, I'm born in 1974. So I grew up with her, you know, Mm. Greece and Xanadu. And especially for an Australian kid, I think she was one of the first breakthrough stars. Ah, it's in Hollywood. I I actually cried on the tram. Yeah, I bet you did. On the way here, because I'm 1972 baby, and um, so you know, not all of us have happy childhoods, right? No. And I think in the 70s, if you were a kid who had not the greatest mm. household, mm. and um, we had a pretty sad household. My father died when I was four. <laughs> mm. So so. You know, we had a lot of sadness in our house and in the 70s and 80s, you didn't have a lot of escape. No. So I had three albums. I had ABBA Arrival, I had Mm. Dolly Parton and Mm. I had Olivia Newton-John. Oh, the queens. Oh, well, true. Yeah. (laughs) Good women who got me through. But I just remember... you know, when you have those days when as a child you just don't it's feel like you much. have yeah. any connection with joy. Yeah. And all you had was this 
beautiful album mm. that you listened to over and over and over mm. and you sang along and you it was escape. It was mm. the only escape that you had. There mm. wasn't TikTok and there wasn't no. the laptop that you could sit on to no. watch YouTube for hours and escape your family that way. It yeah. was just that. Totally agree. And I think in particular, actually in the case of all of the albums you just mentioned and all of those artists, but particularly with Olivia Newton-John, the thing that really stands out for me is just the sheer positivity and joy. Mm -hmm. And this kind of called, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the positive psychology movement, but at the same time, when I think of someone like her, I think she just radiated that. Mm. And if you're in a sad place, which you can be for a range of reasons, as you've just mentioned, someone like her, she can just change your room. Mm. She can change your room. She change a country. The world. I mean, yeah. and I remember actually when she first spoke about having cancer and she yeah. said um, going to have chemo was really hard, but she visualised that it was gold going through mm. her veins. Mm. And I've had so many friends who've Say gone that, through... Say that, me too. Like that is profound. Yeah, it is profound. And one of the well, I want to. I've got a question for you that I'm going to give you, and then say something. Were you Sandy, blonde Sandy, before the transformation, or were you leather bitch Sandy? Oh, leather bitch. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to give you time to think about it, but no. I wanted to be leather bitch Sandy, but I was definitely the little nerdy Sandy. Oh no, I was the nerdy yeah, yeah, Sandy, yeah. but it was my fantasy to be the leather bitch because you know I grew up in a Christian family yeah. and no one was allowed to be sexual. At no, all, right? No. So she kind of straddled that. Oh, those. You know, she straddled all right. Though. <laughs> she straddled more than that. Look but, you at know, her. I loved that Sandy could be the good girl, but then come out and play this sort of Same. character that you know. Because we're to all me. those things. Of course, that's the truth, and that's what I learned from her. But just a quick shout out, like you, I've got many friends who have been through this breast cancer journey or are in it mm. right now. And when they hear of someone who's been through that journey who's passed away, I know it's really hard mm. for them, even if they're in remission. Just shout out to those women yeah. who are watching today. Yeah. Because, I mean, she changed the face of breast cancer as well and the research and the... What's the centre called? The Olivia the Newton-John John Centre. Cent cancer yes. Centre. Yeah. Um, but if it's hit you in that way, yeah. like we're thinking of you. Absolutely. And let's also stop down for a second and I, and I will say thank you to everyone who's already joining us on uh, our, our social media today, who's watching mm. along and listening along on Facebook and YouTube and sharing comments. Um, we're hearing I'm completely distracted by Olivia's mm. death. It is really yeah. kind of sitting yeah. on you a little. Yeah. Um, Stacey says sending a virtual hug. Thanks, yes. Stacey. And Katrina is a cancer survivor. The mm. awareness Olivia gave to the mental health for cancer Correct. is so greatly valued. Because yes. I agree. I feel like... Yeah. She was the first to kind of acknowledge that you have to, it's a whole body oh, treatment. Whole body treatment, but also it's like I actually saw a friend of mine on the weekend who um, was diagnosed with breast cancer during COVID. She got three kids and just something simple as she got mastitis recently. And immediately you're like, is it mastitis? Mm -hmm. Is it the cancer back? Is it like, what is it? You know, and breast cancer survivors are living with that all the time yeah. and that's a mental health journey in itself let yes. alone the connection between mental and physical health yeah, yeah it's a big deal um and but how what kind of loss have we experienced in australian mm. music in oh, the last no. few weeks and you know it's interesting because with judith durham passing mm. i grew up listening to the seekers because that was my mum's era yes and every story she told that was beautiful and happy and her time of her 20s 
was sort of with that background of the Seekers, and she took that so so hard on the weekend. Did the she? loss of Judith Durham. And I bet you had it on the record player. Oh, every, all, all the, the time. time. Yes. So that's interesting. That she is like Olivia Newton-John for our generation. Yeah. In a way, yeah. isn't she? Yeah. 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 But also, and and sort of leading to that third loss, um, in in was the protest song that mm. I learned from the Seekers and Peter Paul and Mary, and mm. you know mm. was and then Uncle Archie passing. Uh, like it's just. just what it's, a time. It is. It's it's just devastating. And it's and it's these, what was that beautiful, was it Paul Kelly who said Uncle Archie dying was like a big tree's fallen? Mm. Oh, I just sobbed, just sobbed and sobbed. But it's such a beautiful, no more words needed. Mm. Yeah. You know, just like that, that encapsulates it. Well, we are with you today. If yeah. there's some loss, if you're feeling this loss, yeah. I mean, Australian music is better and was actually shaped by those three people, actually, when you think about it. Absolutely. Wow, yeah. what, what they brought Huge. to this country. Um, so, yes, uh, but we're here to have a good laugh and also learn, learn from lots of people. Mm. If you are um, wanting to catch up on previous episodes of Broad Radio, you can do that via our website and our podcast, Broad Radio On The Go, and the website is broadradio.com.au. Um, there's some amazing conversations there, um, but we're going to have plenty today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Let's go to our first guest, who already this morning, I noticed, also shared her thoughts on Olivia Newton-John. She's an incredible woman who is newly elected senator, federal senator. Uh, she's proud, multi-multi and womba-womba woman, Senator Jana Stewart. Good morning, Jana. morning, Jana. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me on. You too felt the loss of Olivia Newton-John this morning. I did. There was so many happy memories and you can hear my dog outside right now, probably. <laughs> um, she's dragging around uh, an empty pot plant uh, on the bricks just hopefully um, in time for me to come on and chat to you later. <laughs> um, but I had just so many memories of 
being in my nan's lounge room, watching Grease, mm. singing into the TV remote with all all my cousins, mm. jumping and singing around, singing, um, and my nan would join in as well. It was just like wholesome and fun, mm. Mm. but also a bit naughty, Jana. I mean, were you a were you a Rizzo fan? Uh, I was a good child. Oh, you were a good my girl. My mum tell you this. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I mean, you know, she didn't catch me very often. Maybe that's the... Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Johnny, you're, you're, I'm going to call you a reluctant senator because mm. you have said that you never intended on going into politics. In, in fact, you said, hells no, not no. for me. How have you found yourself there? <laughs> oh, yes, hilarious. Absolutely. So if you had have asked me a couple of years ago if I'd be in politics, I'd say not a chance in hell. Um, I, I don't know, I suppose kind of over my career there's been a bit of a, a, a trend in terms of the, like, growing the impact of my work. Um, so I started, you know, working with kids, then I um, ended up working with families, then I went, ended up working with traditional nations. then I went into roles where I was, um, you know, influencing and writing policy and legis legislation for our state. So it seemed like the next natural progression was, of course, to, to come into the federal parliament. Um, but for me, it's about the ability to affect change. Mm. and that's really the main driver for me and the, the the time that i've seen that that was possible for my community in particular is when the state labor government committed to treaty because before then i hadn't really seen politics as being a, a place that you know made a difference for, for my community uh, in fact it had done quite the opposite for a long time it had you know set out to deliberately destroy communities like mine and so when I seen a government listening and committing to things that were going to make a real and tangible difference for the first time, for me at least, I thought, well, I want to know what that's about. And so I went on a bit of a journey to kind of figure out if politics was for me. So, and then, you know, here I am. Elected. Doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Turns out it is. <laughs> you fully got elected, babe. <laughs> so, Jana, the... For anyone, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a hugely successful story and congratulations. It's not easy for anyone to get elected. Quite frankly, it's not easy for women to get elected and for First Nations women to get elected and a woman as young as you who's 35 weeks pregnant. Anyway, putting all that to the side, <laughs> anyone who sticks their head above the parapet and enters public life is going to take a few blows. So how are you navigating that? How do you, I mean, are you water off a duck's back? Are you, does it, does it affect you? You know, where are you sitting with that? Uh, I'm, I'm somebody who, who tries not to stress about the things that I can't control. And so there are things that'll be said about me. There'll be, um, I'm, I'm sure over my time, um, lots of critiques of the things that I'll say and want to change and do. But that's completely fine. I think mm. not everybody has the same opinion. They don't have the same life experience as me. And, you know, I, like I've got an incredible support, uh, like in terms of family around me, I've got an incredible team around me. Um, my entry into the parliament has shown me what an incredible kind of extended 
team we have of, um, of Labor MPs um, who have just really embraced me um, with open arms. It's been actually really lovely. It feels like this extra extended family of everybody in it together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there'll be there'll, there'll definitely be tough days, mm-hmm. but for me, there are lots of families, women who are doing it tougher. Mm. And for me, that's what it's for. Yeah. And um, it, Jana, can I just say as well, and when you're having those tough days, I think to remember that it's a lot easier to talk about problems than address problems. And the minute you try and do something about it, that's you're going to be criticised, but it's easier to stand on the sidelines. So, you know, go you. But you're doing it in a really courageous way. I mean, even yeah. your maiden speech, Jana, mm. you basically said, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing you, you basically said, if you are uncomfortable with this truth, bad luck, mm. which I think was re- <laughs> really, that's courageous. Like you're inviting criticism there. Yeah, and because like most of my career as a black woman, I've o- occupied white spaces. And Mm. every conversation that I have is absolutely, um, you know, influenced by privilege and power and race. And if you're a part of the dominant culture, you don't see that because it's a part of the air that you breathe. But if you're a part of the minority, you're absolutely acutely aware of the fact that there are constant reminders everywhere you go that you don't belong here. And so for me, I always talk about race and privilege and power because it influences everything we do. Um, and most, like most of my conversations with people uh, are fairly direct about those things and frank because I, like, I don't have time to waste mm-hmm. by making people feel comfortable with the things that I've got to say and the things that I want to change because most of Mostly, like, I'm trying to make a difference for the women and children who I want to be in Parliament for. But you sort of, I think it's actually very clever in a weird way. And, you know, Joe and I both stand-ups by trade. It's kind of a stand-up technique mm. where you, you name the elephant in the, in the room, you neutralise it. You know, I mean, you can't sit in a space as an Aboriginal woman and race not be present. You know, so yeah. the fact oh, that you absolutely. call it, you call it, Okay. Bring it. Let's talk. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, we are, and we've been using humour. Aboriginal people have been using mm. humour as a survival technique since you know colonisation. That's right. And so for me, it's actually been a really powerful way for me to educate people. Mm. So it's a it's kind of a way to soften my frankness in yeah. lots of ways because I will um, you know talk about the the real lived experience of the dog's going up again, um, the real lived experience of uh, people in my community, but do it in a way that allows people to engage with it because people do learn more when they're able to have fun, even with heavy content. Um, A really simple example of the times that I do this is that when somebody asks me how old I am, I'll often say that I'm, you know, I'm 44 in black years. Um, <laughs> so I'm angry because I add on the 10 year life expectancy gap, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you have people? Um, so, do you have people trying to calculate that? Going, what? What does she mean what? by that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. Yeah, they're thinking, I'll, right? I'll just say, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, 10 years older than what I look because mm. I'm going to die 10 years younger mm. than you know some of my colleagues sitting around the table. So, and what a way to introduce that gap. Yeah. 
you know, that's, that's very far powerful. more effective, actually, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like it has an immediate impact without making yes. people feel guilty about it, right? It's just yeah. an education mm. moment. So, Jana, the Prime Minister has revealed the possible wording of the referendum for an Indigenous voice to Parliament. Um, he's saying, do you support an alteration to the Constitution that establishes an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice? Very simple question. Um, lots of people having lots of uh, very vocal thoughts about that. And There's a few tanties. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> How are you feeling about this whole conversation and perhaps particularly that question? Because I feel like it's like when we had, um, you know, the referendum about the marriage equality, marriage equality mm. that it's basically inviting hateful, hateful mm. comments on very public platforms that, you know, there's going to be a toll there, right? So what, how do you navigate that? Well, I, like I agree. It's, it's, really, it's a really simple question and I think that's really deliberate. What it does, I think, is is set the challenge for people to say that all we're asking for is a First Nations voice on First Nations issues. Mm. That's that's the very core of what it is that we're going to a referendum for. But as a minority of the population, we can't do that on our own. And so what we actually require is the goodwill and generosity from every Australian when it comes time to vote yes, that we have your support and that you will walk shoulder to shoulder with us to give us a First Nations voice on First Nations issues. Mm. And the the way that I describe this when I'm when I'm talking to people is that if you think about somebody down a three metre hole and you think about somebody down a five metre hole, treating them both equally or doing the same thing is giving them both three metres of rope and giving giving people the equal chance to get out is giving one person three meters and the other person five meters and essentially what we know what we've known for a long time is that first nations people have been stuck down a five meter hole for a very long time and what we're asking you to do is be generous in extending that extra couple of meters that we need to be able to get out of that hole and we've seen the incredible generosity from Australians over the last couple of years, in particular with natural disasters, um, with, you know, and and when I'm talking to people in regional communities, I grew up in the country. I know that, you know, our regional communities would never leave anybody stuck down a hole. Mm. So this is the extension of that. This is how you show that uh, solidarity, um, generosity to First Nations people, Mm. is that you vote yes on a referendum to help us get out of a hole that, we're down through no fault of our own. That's so powerful. Do you know, I think one of the things we have trouble with, Jana, is that um, we and our ancestors dug the hole. Mm. I think that's the bit that we have trouble with because I think with, and I'm from a little town as well, and you're absolutely right, with, if there's a bushfire or whatever, everyone will do anything, right. yeah. will give you their last dollar, but there's no sense of culpability in that situation, whereas I think it's, you know, part of what um, some people are struggling with is that that facing the truth of our history and we're still struggling with facing the truth of that history. But Mm -hmm. I think, I agree, that simple question is actually very clever. I personally wish, I know we couldn't do this, but I wish we could frame the question like, would you like us to continue to have white politicians make decisions for First Nations people? (laughs) 
Because that's actually what's happening, but we can't frame it so directly. But do you get frustrated by that? Uh, look, I think we've been, like our communities have been incredibly resilient for mm. you know, 230 years. We're also an incredibly patient community, yeah. <laughs> is what I would say. Um, but the point about truth is actually really pivotal in any healing process. And I touched on this in my first speech as well. But I think, you know, we've got the opportunity, hopefully in this term of government to go to a referendum and, you know, we hope that's a positive outcome. But the other really critical part that we need to face as a, as a nation is telling the truth about our history. And because it's like, it's infiltrated our history books it's infiltrated our classrooms it's infiltrated how we talk about first nations people in this country and until we've actually got a a shared understanding of what our history is it's actually really hard to move on because what happens for aboriginal communities we continue to get gaslighted through the media and through the history books and a whole range of other things it tells us that our trauma isn't isn't worthy like it's somehow less valid um, that we didn't suffer a genocide in this country, which we did. Um, so there's there, like there needs to be this healing that happens by telling the truth. Mm. And that's not to say that anybody in particular is to blame, but it's just actually just setting out the facts. Just yeah, what what's happened. happened just saying this happened. Yeah, this happened. Exactly. This happened. Yeah. That's exactly right. And then I think we'll all actually be a better country for it because I think it's it acts as a blocker for lots of things in my view. It acts as a blocker... Um. Uh, at, you know, from everyone being able to actually really celebrate the oldest continuous culture in the world because there's this collective mm. guilt and shame that we all feel about the attempts to disappear it. Mm. Um, so you, you can't fully embrace it if you know that you've done something to try and damage it. Mm. And then I think it also stops us from being able to really celebrate diversity and difference mm. in our multicultural communities. And embrace. So I think like it really a, yeah. feeds a, mm. whole lot of, a whole lot of undertones of the kind of racism that happens in this country because we haven't quite accepted... What we've done here. We're expending a and lot I'm not of saying energy, it's aren't be we? Mm. Sorry, so it reminds me of like a dysfunctional family where everyone's like, nothing happening, nothing happening, nothing happening. It's like you're spending a lot of energy paddling underneath <laughs> the surface to make everything look okay. If you put that energy mm-hmm. into healing, yeah, we'd all be so much um. better off. Oh, absolutely, we would be. Yeah. Well, Jana, uh, we will walk side by side with you. Absolutely. I cannot wait to just be Mm. out there saying, vote yes, vote Mm. yes, vote yes. Um, (laughs) We're going to need every single person screaming that from the rooftops. Honestly, we we will. Yes. It's Mm. it's true because the no's are going to be very vocal Mm. and very unpleasant. Um, But I hope there's very few of them as well. (laughs) Well, we're going to need to hold the hands of our... First Nations yeah. friends and family mm. as well, because yep. it is going to be rough, mm, I think. It really is. Um, I might say too, just as we say goodbye, all the best with the new baby. Yes, yes. Um, in Congrats. Looking, you have no right to have such an immaculately clean kitchen, I given know. you have a <laughs> six-year-old I know. and you are a member of parliament, so, you know, fairly yeah. hefty workload <laughs> and you're it's about to It's one of my secrets to surviving, honestly. Yeah. Like, I have a – this is um, – this is my, well, how I get through, right, yeah. is that I have a base level of organisation in my house and in my kind of work life that means that I can then allow for a whole lot of chaos. Chaos, yes. Outside of that. Well, <laughs> I relate to that. Balance. 
Yeah. I, I'm comforting myself that somewhere outside of the frame of this camera, it is a pigsty. Yeah, yeah. Because that's, that's what my kitchen would look like. It would look immaculate where you, where I could see and everything else horrific. So. Sure, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yep, sure. Mm, I don't think so. I, don't I think, think so. our house is spotless. Good on you, Jana, and congratulations on the baby and, and best of luck with the birth and, so and everything else. Yeah, thanks, Jana. It'd be Thank great to so speak much. with you. See ya. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 